What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, video games, TV, action figures, comic books, anime, and more. <laughs> I'm Lauren St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. Gentlemen, what's going on? How is your week? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you playing? You know what I watched? I watched Bruised. Oh, oh! I was like, boy. you know what? All right, let me check this out. And you know what I thought? The kid's phenomenal. There's a there's a kid in it. Breaks She's got heart, a kid. Man. The whole movie's about the whole movie's about her and the kid. I'm not giving it away. She's got a kid, and the kid is just phenomenal. He's so adorable. Breaks your heart, man. Just looking at him. <laughs> it's it wasn't bad content, but I but but then I I remembered I watched it because of what Lawrence said on our last cast. He said. Something about jujitsu and about the ground technique and how they filmed it in a really innovative way. And I was like, you know what? I love martial arts. I used to teach it. I I still teach it from time to time. I love choreography and choreographing stuff. Let me check this out. Let me see what she, what he's talking about. So I watched it. If you're interested in really good MMA ground technique martial art flicks there's two things i would recommend watching one is a movie called the warrior yeah. warriors which came out a while back that movie is phenomenal it's a it great is movie. phenomenal i feel the like second, it's overlooked because it came out like the same year as the fighter i think so people yeah, kind of slept on actually, it it's a, well, you, it's was that 90 the fighter. that hmm? it came out was that 90s it came out no it's like 2000s yeah, and the cast is, cast is incredible. It's Tom got Hardy. Tom Hardy, oh, really? Edgar, Joel Edgar. How do you say his name? What's his name? Yeah, Joel Edgar. And then and then you have um, Nick Nolte, who's phenomenal oh, in it. He's just, and he's just cat, his whole way you know, through it. You know, Nick Nolte was one sexiest man, people's sexiest man. Nick Nolte, you know, Nick, Nick Nolte also had to get a ball tuck, for those that you don't know, because his balls is hanging down to his kneecaps, apparently. What? Yeah, that might be a cast for another time, though. So how did you feel about Bruised? Okay, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. And the other thing you should watch is um, Kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom's great. Kingdom is great. If you're looking for MMA content done right. But I will say for me, Kingdom, the way they film it, is this more of a striking show. I mean, they do. They get on the ground. But it's no, more the, of ground te- the ground technique in that in the no, show it's dope. is dope. The filming of it, though, for me, relied more on the striking. But what yeah. did you think about how they filmed the jujitsu stuff and Bruce? Holly Berry's first directorial outing filming the jujitsu stuff. Well, I thought it was all right. That's what I thought about it. If I'm being honest, if I was going to take a cheap shot, I'd say there's a lot of slow motion used. And racking of focus, and that's kind of that's the way they exploited it. They slowed the thing down, they punched in close, and they racked focus. I was honestly, I like that. It showed. I felt the tension. I felt tension of like trying to get a get a grapple on. Yeah, I agree with that. I was underwhelmed by the the technicality of the execution of the moves. I saw, and I don't want to be a critic on it, but I saw actors doing moves. In a lot of instances, as opposed to the moves, and, mm-hmm. and they're just there's there is 
an undeniable difference between someone who's been doing that and this girl is supposed to be a, a beast who's been doing it for how long and her Zen Buddha coach is supposed to be even arguably better than her as far as like just the technical side of it. She might have more raw heart, but the coach has the tech. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I was I was lukewarm on that element of it, which is a big element of it. But I like the story and I yeah. like the relationship. And that's what I liked about the film. I'll say like Jack is right. If you want to see like MMA like shown in its truest form, Kingdom and definitely Warrior. But if you want something like the way Rocky represents like boxing in a technical way, mm-hmm. it's closer to how this represents, I think, mixed martial arts. Like this, like it's closer to that. So don't go in thinking it's going to be a true representation. You got some amazing content for that. But I'm glad you watched it, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. <laughs> That's all you did? I've been working a lot this week. I'm working on Delipa's new uh thing she's doing in LA here this week. Oh shoot. That's, that's, that's been time consuming to say the least. Rich, what's up with you, man? Finished off you. Finished up my girlfriend. And uh yeah. yeah. Everyone here's caught up on you, right? Yes. Jack? You're not. Yeah. I haven't it. finished the last one, no. All but right, what are you going to spoil it for the people listening, anyways? No, <laughs> what do you want to yes. talk guess, about? Been out for months. What did you think? Like, I almost, <laughs> don't say what it was, but how did you think about the way it wrapped up? I'll be honest, it was pretty trash. I was like, oh, <laughs> come on! It was I pretty was trash. It. I was with you. It. Was with really? But we can't. Man, go yeah, we are, we have to talk about it afterwards. But yeah. it was, I was like, come on, man, really? Like you really? <sighs> were you? Were, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 um, oh, oh. You know that so, show was originally on Lifetime and did terrible, and then Netflix picked it up and it, it yes. doing like gangbusters. Really? It, it was the a reason Lifetime it did. Show. Yes, yeah. the reason it did poorly on Lifetime though was it it wasn't marketed to the right audience it's not, base. It's not the audience. Mm. Not the mm. audience. This is more of a gossip girl, younger, relying on social media, using font like Lifetime is. And Lifetime doesn't necessarily go glorify the stalker. Usually it's the girl who gets away from the stalker. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Not like, let's celebrate hero. the stalker. <laughs> That's very true. Nice, Rich. What else? Finished up Lost in Space on Netflix. Also wasn't a fan of how that ended either. Do you recommend this this, this series? Yeah, I recommend the series, yeah. Just not a fan of how it ended. Uh, and F is for Family, which uh, is, a, is a little cartoon. Um, what they in? Boston, I believe. Pretty much family, a follow the family, a guy and his family. Um, kind of dysfunctional. Actually, not kind of dysfunctional. Very dysfunctional in the 60s, I believe. 60s, 70s. Hmm. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, it's funny. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> okay, it, gets, it, gets, uh, it gets a little, I don't want to say racy, but you know, it's like family guy, but you know, we're cursing and whatnot, but not really with the with the sticks. It's you know, they're based more on like real life type of things. So uh, I've almost, almost after two years beat Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm on the epilogue. Which... Let me tell you something, Chris. The epilogue lasts for a while. <laughs> I'm on the epilogue too. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you both something. If you guys are almost done with it, you're not playing the game right. 
Okay. There's <laughs> too much stuff to get distracted to be. It's been like five years, Rich. I've been playing this for like years. Uh, Here's what it is. Hashtag <laughs> casual gamer. <laughs> Real <laughs> casual. Let, 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 can I, let me just say something. I know this game has been out for a long time. It's not really news. But it, in, the, in the epilogue, as you go through a lot of time, just like picking up doo doo. And like building fences and just doing doing chores. Like, what is this game? No. It's but it's awesome. For some reason, it's weird like that. Like you enjoy like living this life. And then, uh, yeah, it was good. And then uh, we've been watching uh, Power Rangers Dino Fury. Oh, let me tell you something. HD is not really. It, it was, Power Rangers was more realistic when it was in standard definition. I'll tell you that. So you're yeah. saying this the special effects is not friendly when you can see it in high <laughs> the definition. Effects, the, 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 the foam suits, everything is not friendly in HD. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know how many episodes actually came out and I chose not to look. I chose just to watch it. So I don't know. I might be almost done or done with Super Crooks because it kind of feels like it just keeps going when you think it might be done. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm done yet. I think. May not be. That show's fun, man. That's a fun show. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. I wonder if it would have a bigger impact if it was side by side with uh, Jupiter's Legacy, like knowing that was still going on because the Utopian they show up in it. Um, so I Is wonder. Is it voiced by the same actors, or it's completely different? I don't think so, and and they're not in it enough. I think where it would even matter. They're kind of there, but not there. It's just enough so you know they're in the same world. Uh, but that's dope. I ain't saying this the last few weeks, but I've been watching Dexter. So I don't know if y'all been watching Dexter. Really? That joint is sick. Do you not watch Dexter? No, I watched I the first season of the I first saw, run. I saw a screenshot of this season where he pulled a bullet out of a body and it was like a whole bullet rather than just the shell, the, uh-huh. uh, the, the head. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't think I want to watch this. Like, Man, like, wait a minute! What gun was that that you shot a whole? And that was in at? the trailer. <laughs> like, Listen, so, I don't I know if it's true or not, that. but I was like, I want to see it just for that. But at the same time, I'm like, if they messed up on that, what else are they going to mess up on? Rich Dexter's up your alley, though. Like, is it though? It is. Watch also. the original. It's about okay. a guy who's a serial killer that hones his dark passion towards killing other bad guys. But then the show has mad levity. Like, as dark as you think it is, it's not Ozark, which makes it even weirder. Because <laughs> you do have these funny characters and kind of lightheartedness. The sister's incredible, man. And the sister's great. And I don't want to... She's in this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you see her in the trailer. That's not... You see her in the trailer. She's in the trailer. Um, Dexter's worth a watch, man. And uh, a friend of mine from Purchase, Alano, he's in it. So, you know, a friend of, friend of the show's in it, so... Gotta support the family. Gotta check it out, man. Dex is great. Dex is great. Last bit of thing, I rewatched the Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2. Oh, and why'd it, you do it, that? It's better. <laughs> it's not better, no. <laughs> <laughs> I called Chris while I was watching, because I was like, yep. Jack, you said something about me, like, episodes ago. You were like, Lawrence, you have the ability to watch something and pick out, like, what's good and ignore certain things. And I said a long time ago, if they give me He-Man, they give me Skeletor, they give me the sword, I'm good. I have no, the Filmation version, I do not romanticize it. That was an amazing series. 
So I said, you know what? Part two gave me all those things. So let me go back and watch. Maybe I was being too hard on it. And I watched it. And those parts satisfied the five-year-old. There's a lot of other stuff to ignore. Few and far between, though. But the five-year-old that grew up on filmation when they wouldn't let He-Man swing a sword because of, you know, the kid stuff to watch He-Man and Skeletor fight, like that would have blew my five-year-old mind. Like they're actually, the swords are connecting, that would have been huge. So the five-year-old me with part two, I was like, I can rock with it. I can rock with it. They gave me He-Man. I thought about that after, after we spoke. And if you were to make a movie of that and take like the first two episodes of season one, like the last 10 minutes of the, of episode five, the first two episodes of season two, and like the last 10 minutes, like the last like fight, you would have a dope He-Man movie that everyone would have loved. You, you know what? When I was watching it and I came across the stuff I didn't care yeah, for. Rich's face. He's, he's thinking what I'm of, thinking. A lot <laughs> like, of what the F did Chris just say? <laughs> okay. You cut out like <laughs> the episodes are only 20 minutes, Chris. <laughs> so, look, well, like, if you take the first episode of season one and the third minute of season two from episode five and put that together with episode seven, the last 30 minutes, that is just incredible content. <laughs> <laughs> the first okay. two episodes in every in each part were bangers. They were great. And then you just tie them together with Skelegod, and then you have a final fight at the end, and that's it. You have a complete arc, cut out all the nonsense, nobody's angry, you have He-Man get hurt, He-Man comes back, He-Man wins, and that's it. It's over. Chris St. Victor, script Doctor Extraordinaire. And Chris is not wrong, but for all those people who do love He-Man, remember, the Filmation version is terrible. It's terrible. So it's not like this dropped the ball. What this did was a bait and switch. They told us it was one thing and it wasn't. And that's his biggest flaw. But He-Man's in it and my five-year-old was satisfied. That's all I got. Good, because we covered it last episode. <laughs> we covered it last episode. Fair enough. We're so hurt about it. We're so raw. It's a little raw, but so are a lot of people apparently too on the Twitterverse. But Chris, I got a question for you. Dude, what's the question, Lawrence? Which place do superheroes flock to? Which place do superheroes flock to, Lawrence? Cape Town. Ha <laughs> 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 oh, ha! Cape Town. Cape Town. Like Cape Town, South Africa, but Cape Town because they have capes? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Where would you go if you had a cape, Rich? Anywhere but Cape Town. You? Oh, you're a hater. There's no room (laughs) for haters here. (laughs) Oh man, that was a good one. That tickled me. But hey, Jack, let's go down the street. Make a left at the light, a right at the stop sign, and we'll be at the collector's corner. It's showtime time. Here at the Collector's Corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something off our bookshelf, something out of our video game case, and we showcase it to the world that could be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. Not really sentimental, but I pulled it out for the show. Moomin Rider from One Punch Man. This guy has no powers. He rides around in like a hockey suit or something like that, like pads (laughs) and on a bike. Right, he has a he has a scully on, 
and goggles. And all he pretty much does is like distract the villains if he can. But for the most part, you see him just directing the citizens to uh, the shelters. But yeah, Moomin Man. Moomin Rider, excuse me. So this would have been more appropriate last episode, but I'm packing and cleaning and I uncovered my Toy Biz Wolverine. Yeah. Retractable claws. So for people who are listening and can't see me, this is the Wolverine. He's in the classic uh, blue and yellow and black suit, and he has spring-loaded claws. Did you That's play with the- these? Yes, like, man. Why is that in such good condition? Because this is how I get down. That's how I play. Yeah. No. He, like he, he put on white, white, white gloves when he played with his toys. He didn't play with the rich. He didn't play as hard as us. No. So, he didn't play as hard as us. Uh, I'm showing off a couple comics today. This is my Captain Marvel number one. It's a 9.8 grade. Okay. Uh, Jack, spare the suspense, man. Yeah, How much you got is that it. worth? <laughs> the question we all well, want to know. Yeah, it's only a couple hundred. It's not too much. Oh, only a couple hundred. Only a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. Light, light, light. Yeah. Ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. Well, when you got Cadillacs sitting over there, a couple hundred's not too much to write home about. But it's a dope. dope. Okay. I, I just think it's a do- just such a dope cover. That's why yeah, I it's a it nice up. cover, man. And then the other comic I'm showing is my Superman Man of Steel Funeral for a Friend. That's a also issue. graded uh, 9.2. It's not worth too much, but it's just a sick cover. This is when John Kent had his heart attack. Uh, spoiler alert for those of you who didn't read this comic in the 90s. He doesn't die. He only mostly dies. Um, but he goes into a dream place where he goes and he awakens the spirit of his son, Clark, and basically sends him back. And he wakes up in the hospital and he tells Martha, he's back. And then after that moment is when in the comics, the other four Supermen start appearing on the scene. So just a dope cover. Mm-hmm. And I got this because... It, it reminded me of how important Jonathan is to the Superman, understanding his character, yep. and and I and I always feel like it's a missed opportunity when Jonathan Kent isn't in the content or isn't depicted very well in the content. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the way Jonathan Kent was depicted in the Man of Steel movie. Uh, I thought it was Zack just... Snyder's movie. You didn't like that, Jack? Oh, <laughs> I didn't play the game. <laughs> yes. Yes. Jonathan Kent, depicted in the Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel movie, was just atrocious to me. The, the, not all of it. And, and, and he's a phenomenal actor. Kevin Costner. No knock to Kevin Costner. It's just. No, 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 no knock to the Costner. The Costner is a phenomenal actor. That's not the point I was getting at. The point was. The character was at a deficit because of the way he was depicted in the content. Anyways. For me, man, well, you know, I think uh, uh, wrestling is genre adjacent. You got good guys and bad guys in tights and shiny costumes fighting each other. So I have right here my WWE Attitude Era Championship. Oh, nice. Replica belt. Joints metal. You can hear mm-hmm. that, people. This is the belt that was worn specifically by Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, in the 90s. This is their version of the that Eagle belt. And uh, it's crazy, crazy story. One Christmas, me and my dad got us gifts. Without knowing, we got each other championship belts from different eras. Yeah. <laughs> so that Christmas, yeah. we were just like over our shoulder with the belts. 
So <laughs> I love this. This has been to many live events. I'm, I'm, I'm the man child in the stands with the belt over my shoulder, throwing it up. <laughs> I think you took that when we went and saw the match. Oh, I would not have gone without it, Jack. Oh, yeah, you definitely had it. I would not have gone without it. And I talked my dad into bringing his. And he's like, did I have to carry it the whole time? I'm like, Dad, where else are you going to wear this? This is like no other appropriate place to have this. Let me ask you, have you ever worn it to the store? No, you ever worn Chris. You no. know, and if you I'm did wear it, shy. people would just assume you're a wrestler. I mean, you're that big is- enough. They might, yeah, or think that it. If they don't know wrestling, what did you win in a boxing match? I'd have to field questions, and no, I'm just I'm a massive fan. <laughs> oh, that's it. You're not an athlete. I'm not. I just collect stuff. But uh, good picks, guys. Good picks. Let's get into some news. It's time for the news. Yo, so maybe I'm out of the loop here. I wasn't expecting it. But we got that new Spider-Verse trailer that just dropped. Whoa. Yeah. What y'all think of that bad boy? Yeah. I, I, I mean, my thought process seeing that thing was so loud and screaming after seeing all this other Spider-Man content trailer that's co- actually coming out, uh, what, next week? Very excited. Yeah, movie, very soon. Better be a damn Spider-Pig. Not to segue away from one trailer to talk about another trailer. But <laughs> this movie did give you a Spider-Pig, Jack. It did. <laughs> It did. Spider-Man Into the Multiverse brought in one hell of a spider pig. However, I didn't see him in this trailer. We got Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Oscar there was no spider bacon. Yeah. Is it just me? Or did they age them up? Because he looked older. Yeah. Well, he would be older. Yeah, he would be older. Yeah. But they look like Yeah, it looked like I thought it picked right up from the end of the last one. Mm, He looked a little taller and leaner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They they cleaned up the animation. But story wise, this is the end of the last one. He's lying in bed, and then like the thing opened up. Mm-hmm. So it is it's a direct pickup. I'm excited for this, man. I didn't think we were gonna get this anytime soon. When they talked about like all the stuff that went into making the first one, I'm like, we're probably not gonna see this for like well, a few more years, but we're getting it 2022. October, yeah. October seventh. Yeah. Six, six, six. Love it, man. Well, the other thing was the first one was such an outrageous success that they could not not follow it up. And yeah, look at look at what 2020 has been about. 2021, you know, the awareness that's come out of this climate of where we're at recently. Mm-hmm. You could not not follow this up. And if they're not giving us a damn Miles Morales in this Spider-Man movie, then they sure as hell better at least give us a cartoon version of them. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, I also think this is Sony doubling down, going, we let you borrow Spider-Man Marvel, but we coming out with Spider-Verse, we got uh, Morbius, we got Venom over here. Like, if they we put, are, if, listen, if Sony just makes a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie, that thing's going to... Yeah. They don't need Marvel? You kidding me? What, what are they waiting for? Invitation? Please, please. They introduce Miles Morales in their own little Sony standalone thing. Marvel is going to be going, hey man, can can we can we can, can we, we borrow him in our film too? Yeah. Please. They're still, they're still doing business with Marvel. So let's go into the next topic of news. Uh, I think Amy Pascal. She basically said that we have like three more Spider-Man films planned. Like it's a go. It's not confirmed. She just said it. But around the same time, Tom Holland did an interview with GQ magazine going, I might be done after this one. And yeah. if I'm playing Spider-Man after I'm 30, then there's a problem. 
So I don't know. And when she said there's three more Spider-Man movies, she said with Tom Holland specifically. These actors get a taste of success. They get so obnoxious and high uppity and they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to play the thing that gave them the career they had in the first place. Show some respect, boy. Show show some respect. And there's a there thing people, about people just lining up around the corner, just <laughs> begging for crumbs from your table of joy. And you how much how going, much is too much? <laughs> how much is too much when He's played Spider-Man not once, not twice, not three times. Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. He's been in five movies of Spider-Man. When do you get to say... I'm sorry, but I don't hear Hugh Jackman being you. a baby about it. He literally killed Wolverine off so he can stop playing him. The <laughs> same, he killed off the only immortal like superhero so he yeah. can stop playing him. But even that death was ambiguous. Look at the last frame of that movie. Spoiler alert. Is he really dead? Hashtag don't think so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that if I had something... I, the, the same thing that Jack was making fun of, I say this same thing. If I was a superhero guy and I was an actor and I was cast in a major role, and they would keep putting me in movies and I'm keep getting a check and that's guaranteed income. Come on, man, I'm taking that all day. Yeah, but Chris, what about the artist in you? Don't you body want more? For 15 years. You yeah. say that now. Yeah. You, when you got when you hang up from a wire that's strangling your crotch for three years. I, well, I do that, that already. I do that my free time for free. So I, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on. Peacemaker dropped a new trailer. Yeah. It's freaking fire. That joint is sick. The eagle flying into the car. Um, just dope. Yes. And then she's saying that the, the that hope that hope that bird doesn't crap in my car. <laughs> <laughs> what what did he say specifically? He said you can't you can't train an eagle or that's like it's like train uh oh, I forgot it. Oh, it was so great. It's so great. It was like you're killing freedom or something like that. And I was like, yes. His timing is, is perfect. It His is. Timing is perfect. It is fantastic. I I can't wait for it. We get much more story in this trailer. We really get to see the impact of his father and um the fact that when one of his missions is to kill children. And you see that a lot in like those assassin movies. That's the one thing they can't do. But right. for him, his tagline literally was, I will kill women and children. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what he says. That and he'll eat a bag of dicks and <laughs> I'm excited for this. John Cena's gonna kill it. It's gonna be on HBO. They can go as far as they want to. This is their deadpool if they want it to be. And, and it looks that's like they do. It, it is as it's gonna be dark comedy that's going to attempt to tug at your heartstrings every chance it gets. And make fun of Captain America because this whole thing is a parody on Captain America. Every, every chance, every chance, man. Well, it's not just Captain America; it's Captain America, but it's also that Boy archetypical Boy Scout, yes. Yeah, ideology of heroism. All right, guys, that's the news, man. But you know what? Let's go to the comic shop. There's something special there. Going to the comic shop. Yes, sir. So on Instagram. A content creator reached out to us for the very first time and said, hey, guys, I got this comic. I love what you're doing. Can you review this? Can you read it? Can you talk about it? And he sent us his comic. Thank you so much. It's, it's an honor, really, for you to ask us to even look at it and, and talk about it. So thank you so much. First, I got to say the title is freaking dope. I love this title. Rabbit's Badass Song. 
there's just something so bluesy and so jazz about it, so Tarantino about it. I dig it. I dig it a lot. It's written and created by Christopher J. Elston and Chastity Lassiter. Penciling Inc. is by Halil Met. Cover colorist is Jose Lopez. Now, it is for mature readers due to language and violence. And let me double that for violence. This bad boy goes in. The release date is of uh, October 8th, 2021, and it has a 3,000 print run. You know, So they're getting started, but they definitely said they are out here in these streets. Let me give you a brief, brief, brief synopsis of this thing. So basically, Robert's Badass Song is a story about a man named Jimmy Mason, African-American born in the heart of Mississippi to a respectable madam, and his journey to find revenge on the men who murdered his mother and tried to kill him. They are powerful gods and inventions that run the world, but Jimmy must ask himself where they are for the average human when they need them most. As seemingly abandoned victim of crime, Jimmy eventually takes on a persona of Rabbit, a mockery of a buffoon character from an old American cartoon. By his side is Irene Honeycutt, a.k.a. the Snow Bunny, a female from a broken home that grew up with Jimmy. Together they are mercenaries for hire, but now they decide to go back home to Mississippi. They'll find the good boys and exact their revenge on those men responsible for the tragic night 10 years prior. When they return, there are a few friends and allies left. Rabbit realizes it can't only be about his revenge. He needs to fix the town where his memories and heart lie. What I love about indie comics is like having no idea what to expect. Yep. So from panel to panel, you're just like, where are we going here? And that first panel of like the fire in Mississippi and a guy hanging from the tree and they go present day. I'm like, oh, shoot. Yeah. We're in it. In two frames, they set the tone and they oh, set yeah. it hard. Yes. You're like, yeah. okay, well, I know this world. Yeah. And they don't back off of it. No, no. Um, you're pretty much introduced to these guys in a bar. They're drinking and they pretty much get poisoned, right? And then they wake up. Like, this is straight up Pulp Fiction style, man. They yeah. wake up. It reminded me of this. Exactly there's a lot of what Tarantino here. There is. Uh, and like, it's violent, man. I, I I enjoy it for its... They found a way for me. I really liked it. So I'll just say that. We can all just jump in. I really liked it because they found a way for it to represent something in our world that's real, but then found a way to romanticize and glorify the violence just enough to make it entertaining, but it still has stakes too. Yep. Man. Yeah. For me, I, I got to have... The story has to be incredible if the art is at a deficit for me. I'm really a visual comic guy. I love it's the image that normally draws me in and the story accents it as opposed to the story being accented by the image for me. Because I'll just sit and look at a one of the panels forever before moving on with the dialogue of the story. There is no shortcoming in the art of this comic. I love yeah. the lines. I love the way it looks. I love the texture. I love the costuming. Like Rabbit is this tall, lean, muscular guy, but he's but his costuming, he's got vest. I love yeah. vest. Like the texture of what he's wearing and, and Snow Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. And the, this comic only hints briefly at the idea that there's a much larger world at play that they don't really go into in this first comic. There mm -hmm. are superpowered people. Yep. Uh, he talks about Freddie can lift a car if he wants. But, he, but he's not That's one of the exceptional. But he that says like he's not dead. Yeah. We used yeah. to think Freddie was an exceptional, but nah, that nigga just strong. 
Yeah. That was exactly. fire. <laughs> I that. It's funny, Jackie said that because I had that frame pulled up. I'm holding up the frame to 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 our podcast to the camera. But that's the frame we talked about because I think it resonated with all of us. For you to bring that up, I think it resonated with all of us because it let us know there's a bigger world and within this world. Yes. And, and to catch you guys all up, so basically they bring those guys back there. You find out that they were involved in the 10 years that the massacre that was talked about where pretty much Rabbit's mom had her necklace taken. So they came back to town to exact revenge, get the necklace back. They free, this is what, and this was also a Robert Kirkman tip for me. So when the guys are pouring the chair, one guy mouths off, he takes a pot of boiling water and it like melts his freaking. It ain't boiling water. Uh, yeah, it's what grease. What was that? It's grease. It was grease. He was, yeah, was frying chicken. Chicken yeah. grease. Yeah. Because he, he, he said something about that chicken. Yes. Yeah. He, he ate the chicken. And I yes, wanted chicken after, re- after reading that. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, well, I can go some chicken right now. That's, that's there are some. Yeah, there are some racial tropes and under overtones throughout the content. And that's one of them. Your hero yeah. protagonist is making some fried chicken. Right. On, but on purpose in front of people, you know, are like the yeah. racist of racist. Yeah. Kills one dude. Younger guy says, you go back to your mama's house, quotation mark, mama's house, not really his mom. You go find that necklace. You bring it back because we strapped a bomb to you. We're listening. in. if you don't do that, we're going to blow the place up. Kid goes inside to get the necklace. She has the necklace. He pulls a gun out. But Jack, this is Mississippi. Everybody's packing heat, baby. She pulls a gun out of her garter belt and she shoots her, I guess, stepson. It's not her biological son. Shoots him. He dies. Rabbit and crew are like, I guess we got to go in there. They go in there. Now, like the synopsis said, they all have their own backstories. And apparently Snow Bunny's backstory is her father was a junkie, but really he was a vet. So the woman says, oh, you're back, daughter of a junkie? Snow Bunny just shoots her right in the head. Gangster. Gangster style. Like, don't talk about my daddy. So they freaking take the necklace, blow the place up, and the town is like, Rabbit's back. They say his real name. He's back. Well, well, the, the one of the last frames you get is a call out to the opening frame. In the opening frame, you got a house burning in the background with a, a guy or a person at least swinging from the trees from his neck. One of your second to last frames is a house burning in the background because they blow up the guys. Uh, they, they put the kid in a, a bomb, bomb vest and belts. they end up blowing up the vest. And so you got a house burning in the background and rabbit ties a stuffed bunny rabbit hanging from the neck in the trees. They bookended the comic essentially. Right. Which is amazing. Um, and the art, like Jackie said earlier, the artwork, the artwork's fantastic. And I think it's so interesting to use black and white. It's a black and white comic. And it's so interesting to use black and white in a story that deals with race, you know, because you don't just see right away who's black, who's white real quick. So you have to like go into the story and let the characters talk. Because our main protagonist who's black is wearing a mask. So you mm-hmm. never see, you don't really see his face. So it's the story that informs you who these people are, the way they talk, their vernacular, way before you see or notice their skin color, which I think is but you a know choice. But you know, the other thing that's interesting is a lot of black and white comics don't resonate so well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're harder for me to get in into. And Walking I, and I have, Yeah, Walking Dead was... Because that's what I this know. reminds me of, the kind of our style, like Walking yeah, Dead and Black and White. Very, very, very much like Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. There are exceptions, and that's mm-hmm. my point. There are exceptions okay. where the black and white 
doesn't take me out. Because <clears throat> a lot of times what happens is it's if you're an indie comic guy, you might opt for black and white simply because it's way cheaper. Yeah. It's just way cheaper. But this didn't feel like it was – it felt appropriate for the content. Like Absolutely. It didn't pull me out. It felt right. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have minded a pop of color here or there, maybe, if I'm just being real honest. Yeah. Like if it was an accent to help tell the story. Like, um, spoiler alert, if you've seen Schindler's List, there's a couple moments throughout the movie where in the black and white film, they threw a pop of color in there to help accent the story as it mm -hmm. pro progressed along. I wouldn't have minded a uh, element of that once or twice throughout reading this book. Like the Ruby. Um, like the ruby being yeah, raised. Exactly. Like, like that would have just been a dope and something like that in a black and because black and white is so polarizing just to see it alone. If if they opted to put color on the necklace, I'm sitting there and I'm seeing color for the first time in a comic and I'm at the end of the comic now and I'm going, Oh holy Your mind shit. Is blown. Yeah. My mind is blown. Even to see a touch of color there. Um but it didn't take me out. I, I enjoyed the comic. I thought the black and white choice was actually nice for it. Um, yeah. It helps with the violence too, you know, and you see that in Walking Dead where Invincible is so violent that you almost have to be desensitized to it because it's so in your face, especially in the comic book. But Walking Dead in this, the black and white helps you not be desensitized, but still be able to handle an eye popping out. Because you're not getting the red and the pink and the flesh, you know, your your, your imagination is taking care of it, so you can take it in without having to like look at it in a way that it wasn't meant to. Um, I thought it was I, there was one part, yo, I almost I, I I started welling up, I almost started crying when he was in the car listening in, when Rabbit was listening in from the car to when the dude went to get the necklace, and he says that necklace, it's not yours, and she was like, oh, this necklace, your daddy got it from like some whorehouse. Thank goodness he got, and he's here, Rabbit, listening to him talk about his mother. And I was like, oh, yeah. I would have I would have blew them both up. I would have, yeah. <laughs> I, I was waiting for, and then I, I was thinking that too, and I go, wait, but he wants the necklace. Yeah. I'm like, do you want it that bad, dude? Like, they talked about your mama. But Don't blow it that up part, but the, but the restraint not to blow them up when he hears him talking about his mother. I kind of felt that through the page. Didn't he have the detonator in his hand on that frame? Or yeah, it, it was right. It was like it was in his hand. Okay. Yeah, they were waiting. Well, he was in the backseat of the car, and it would have been so easy to just, well, pretty much what Snow Bunny does later, which is like talked about her father. That's it. It's over. Um, <laughs> and Rabbit's even like, we could have used her for leverage, and she's like, she said over her dead body. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because. Our protagonists aren't heroes. It's a no. comic book world, but they're, they're not heroes, even though they may be on the side of <laughs> – they may be really justified in what they're doing to the extent they're going to do it. And you get the feeling reading it that the extent in which they're going to do it is, is going to be brutal. Yeah, it's going to be extreme. Um, and as much as this is about violence and it talks about race – the writer is so brilliant because there's levity. So they're in the car about to do this whole thing. And Snow Bunny's like, why do you, why do you, all, why do you always introduce me last? Yep. He's like, right now, right now, you he's like, right now, like homeboy in the front's talking about stopping at a drive-thru. <laughs> he's like, you know what? The next time we kidnap somebody, I will introduce you first. Like, yeah. 
giving us that just little bit of levity with these people, it's that Tarantino thing. It's like, just because we're on a bank heist, we might stop and talk about Batman because we're human. It also gives you the richness of the characters. I actually really love that moment too because this, this kind of content could very easily go one-sided really quick. And it didn't feel like – the other thing I really liked about that scene was it didn't feel like it was – like sometimes Marvel content for me throws in these cheap laughs that aren't rooted in character development. They're mm-hmm. rooted in the idea I got to get the audience to have some relief for a moment. This moment served both. It gave an opportunity for relief, but it also gave me an opportunity to understand their character relationship and dynamics better. Yeah. That's why I liked yeah. it. In Marvel films, like you said, they'll give us relief when we don't want it. But this, yeah. after seeing a guy get grease poured over his head, eyeball falls out. As an audience, we're like, it's okay. And then to shot in the face. And then, and then shot in the head. It's okay. We're like, we can take a step back for a second. <laughs> we're yeah. good. We can breathe yeah. here. Um, guys, for me, it's five stars for me. I think this is freaking dope. I read a lot of comics, watch a lot of stuff. And for me to open up something and not know where it's going, but at the same time, it feels very familiar. Yeah. Is, is a testament to their strength. So I highly recommend it. I'm I'm a fan. I'm getting me some of these comics. Highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would second that. I definitely recommend it. Um, and I'm I'm interested to see where the. I think it's nice to have this content too. So I'm interested to see where it goes. And I think it's a, a nice voice to have out there. Yeah, I want to see the world. You know, I want to see how the world develops, how the the heroes or powers develop, who are the good boys. You know, what are they in charge of? Or, you know, I, I, I assume they're like, you know, these powerful guys who run like a shadow operation behind everything. You know, it's very much Django meets, I don't know what it means, but it's, it's I got Django vibes from it, but I, I'm with it. And when I read it, I didn't read any of the synopsis. I just jumped into it blind. And I didn't mm-hmm. know Rabbit was black because I started seeing his features. I started seeing his hair. I started featuring his lips. Oh, and then so I started good. putting two and two together. I see, I remember the first panel where they had the hanging and they had the, the I was like, that, that wasn't just a hanging, that was a lynching. Like mm-hmm. I like where this is going, and then well, it, it was going. in Mississippi. What gave that away? Come on, man! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took you how long to figure it out, that no, no, out? No, but you never know. You can't automatically jump to to its race because it just because of, of one frame. But once they start to give those little hints and those little clues, I was like, oh shoot! And he's frying the fried chicken. I was like, I know. I was like, I don't know if he's black. And he bites in the fried chicken. Nah, he black. <laughs> Yep, that's it. <laughs> it was pretty dope. Um, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm seeing that you can get it on Amazon. So I just remember that I had me a little Kindle. So I'm going to download this one and then any future, any future editions that may come out. Excellent. Cool. You know, the other thing, if you like the content and you're getting it on Amazon, if you leave a review on Amazon, you're actually going to really be helping that guy out. It you know, will help the algorithm for when other people search for the content. And that's for anyone. That. Anyone who's buying stuff on Amazon, comic book wise, it, leave a review. You'd be surprised how much that actually helps them. Show them some love, man. But I just want to give a salute and a bravo for the team behind Rabbit's Badass Song. Well done, everybody. Well freaking done. Yeah. And thanks for sharing. Thank you for sharing. You got fans right here. Yo, I think it's time for Rich's Fashion Row. Rich, what you wearing, man? What you got on? I mean, you know, I decided to go a little bit lighter, but dark at the same time. Lighter? Is that a smoke <laughs> coming out of someone's mouth? <laughs> so yeah. I've got into a um, a certain genre of uh, 
probably going to butcher this. Iro Guro. It is a Japanese. Um, let me get it. Japanese literary uh, literacy and artistic movement from the 1920s and the 1930s. Okay, focusing focusing on eroticism, uh, sexual corruption, and decadence. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found this bad boy in the um, I guess the comic book shop that I go to in the mall. And yeah, it's a slug coming out of this girl's mouth. And I just realized now as we were talking, there's a freaking slug on the shoulder, the back of the shoulder there. And it's her head as the shell. Oh, that's dope. I was like, that's pretty crazy. I didn't realize that. I was like looking around. I'm like, what the hell is on my back? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I got into this like a few years ago. And then um, I ended up getting a tattoo. Pretty much it's an octopus and a woman... Oh yeah, oh, hello. it's called it's called the um the fisherman's uh, fisherman's wife's dream. Like it's a very old drawing. Describe and, what it is. For uh, pretty much, it's it's a woman. She's <laughs> a woman. She yeah, she's woman. She's naked. Um, she's being um violated by. Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay, we can say we can say pleasure by by octopuses. One at the mouth, and one at the uh, the lower region there. And uh, yeah, I saw that and I was like, yo, that was pretty dope. And another reason why I got this, because I used to watch Pete and Pete and Nickelodeon. Pete yeah. and Pete! Oh, oh, yeah. Yes! And remember, uh, I believe her people uh, called Fiona? Junior? Uh, I feel like that sounds like it. But yeah, I was like, yo, this little kid got a tattoo. And he would sit there and make it dance. It was a, for y'all who are too young to understand, Pete and Pete is a show unlike no other. Two brothers named Pete and Pete, the young one, a rascal, had a tattoo of a woman on his forearm, and he would make her dance by flexing it. For some reason, every episode, that was a thing. Petunia, you're right. Petunia. Petunia. It also had Arnie, the strongest man in the world. (laughs) Arnie, the strongest man in the world. (laughs) So after seeing that, I just told myself, yo, I'm going to get me a Petunia one day, and this is my Petunia. Well, let's do some bad runners up. I'm wearing <laughs> my gray Under Armour Superman shirt. I worked out today. Jack, what you got okay. on? I got Superman. Superman. The classic colors. Chris, nice. what you got on? I got Avengers. It's a like amalgamation of a couple different covers. In the future of Fashion Row, we'll definitely have Rich go last. Because I feel like <laughs> we, we started to. up here and then we... It just all kind of fell apart. But yo, Rich, stop laughing. Jack, stop smiling. Chris, get serious, because it's time for a debate. Let's get ready to rumble. What superhero would make an amazing villain with just a few character tweaks? Superman's off the table because we've seen it. And also, I'm going to take this low-hanging fruit off the table, too. Wolverine Lobo. Yes, Rich. You can't say Wolverine make a good villain. <laughs> right. It's like that's, that's it. That's so anyone who's, anyone who's already an anti-hero is kind of Deadpool, uh, Deathstroke, Wolverine, Lobo, the Punisher are all off the table. <laughs> okay. okay. All, right. all right. And 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 antithesis question. Let's make this a two-parter. I'm throwing a curveball here. What villain would make a great hero? Wow. Oh. Hadn't wow. even thought about it till just now. I threw myself the curveball. Good. I'll go first Good. with uh, 
What hero would make a great villain? Professor X. Dude, come on. Oh, man. Professor X? You just took that joint. That was my... If that, what? I thought you had Wolverine. Whatever. I, I had Wolverine, Wolverine and I had Professor X. I had two. Because I felt I felt it in my bones that he was going to say something about Wolverine. So I'm like, I'm going to put Professor X. Because he can definitely make a good villain. But whatever. Go, 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 go. Well, listen. <laughs> and it's a great choice. It is. It's such it's a, a great, great choice. choice. It's not a choice because, like, that's world ending. Like, no one can stop this guy. It's that's just why he it's wins. Great that's why it's he great. wins. He just that's wins. It's an amazing choice. Like, nobody can stop <laughs> Professor X if he went bad. If Professor X chose to be a villain, Ooh, he'd be a, he would. You know, he would be villainous about it because he he achieves all things he's set out to do. And how would you stop him? You know, you don't. You need a speedster. You you need a speedster who can run faster than he can think. It's like the only way. And you need a whole lot of helmets. A whole lot. Of, well, he would. You just be running around the world putting helmets on people. <laughs> That's it. So originally, I had I had Ghost Rider, but I guess he kind of falls into kind of anti-hero territory also. Yeah. So with those new rules, I'm gonna go Doctor Fate because Ooh. so like that's like a Professor X level like right yeah well he's he, well he's like Doctor Strange though you know but I mean as far as turning someone good. like that bad it's like so much yeah, raw power all you have to do <laughs> is change one aspect of his personality and just apply him to bad and that's it he's bad no so, debate here yeah that's scary rich what do you got <laughs> I got I got nothing now I got nothing um I'm gonna say. The, the bad to good, I'm going to go with Magneto. That's kind of low-hanging fruit. You know what? Nah, just give it to How, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 it's not. But explain it to me. How is Magneto being a good guy a really good version of a good guy? Well, I mean, why wouldn't he be a good I mean, all he has to do is just tweak maybe, you know, he didn't go through the Holocaust. Say his family got out, was able to make it to America, and then, you know, he goes from there and then uh, decides to use his powers for good rather than bad. Okay. That would be what? a good that would be you, a good what if. You know what I'm saying? Rich is like, y'all yeah. got my answer. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, no, okay, yeah. right. I, I'm for I'm, I'm fighting. <laughs> uh, t- t- took my first one and, you know, sorry, I have to think Rich. on the fly now. Using all these people that live in gray to be... Well, who you got, Lawrence? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Not Flashpoint. Because Flashpoint, it was a war, and that war was destroying everything. But this is like, she lives on Themyscira, she gets all her powers, and it is to go conquer man's land. Like, that okay. should be ours. Yep. So she goes there as a warrior, and she's just decimating people. And, like, the Justice League are the only ones that can stand in her way before she, like, her and her people take over the world. Hmm. That's not bad. You can make the same equation with a, an Aquaman character. Wonder Woman's cooler than Aquaman. Who are you talking, fish? <laughs> wow. Wonder Woman's just cooler. And she's swinging that sword and hacking people's heads off because she's like she's a warrior. Amazon warrior princess, warrior queen. But you're right. Same thing works for Aquaman, Submariner. Anyone that lives on Earth but in a different set of it that wants to take over. Right. Wonder Woman. And then you get to see, the, then you get to see a fully powered, not holding back Wonder Woman, who's powered by magic, go toe-to-toe with Superman. 
Jack, you threw a curveball. I want to throw some curveballs. I, I got an answer, yeah. and I think it's a good answer. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor set on a right path is the kind of villain as a hero who could change the world. He'd be Iron Man. That's what I was just thinking. Like, so Tony Stark is what you're saying? No, even, even without the suit. Forget the battle suit. He doesn't need it. This guy is a brilliant mind. True. You know, beyond just he he can he in certain iterations of Lex Luthor's content, he's a scientist and the creator and the inventor. But he's he's so many other things. If you look at his character, I think Lex Luthor and you know, what's interesting. You actually see some of that in the uh, the Superman Red Sun. You see a glimpse of what Lex Luthor as a hero might look like. You see so, it in a crisis, the crisis movie, where yeah. the world's reversed and Lex Luthor comes in naked. He's like, "Look at me! Look where my heart is." You can see my heart's on the on the other side, and he's kind of he's in the Justice League and he's a good guy. Chris, I got another DC guy. I got Mister Freeze. Uh, when we saw him in uh, Batman the Animated Series, we saw the humanity he has. We saw the you know his motivation for doing a lot of things he did was the preservation of his wife. And I think if his wife was there and he was able to, to he still still develop his technology and did that stuff, I could see him fighting for good. You know, we have a lot. Of, there's a lot of there's a couple corny, cold based villains, but I think you take a modern Mister Freeze with the kind of doctor mentality, so kind of kind of same principles like Luthor. You know, he's a he's a scientist, he's smart, and you apply that to being a superhero. I think it's not that far of a reach. We got to go out on a limb with this. Go out on a limb with me here. Because you're right, a lot of these villains are sympathetic enough where it's easy. You can kind of see them turn good. I'm talking about a weapon, a living weapon that is under the control of the Justice League and the governments of the world, and you can aim it at whatever you want. Doomsday, that is controlled by the good guys, and when Darkseid comes to Earth, they can release the Kraken, and he can Kraken, the Kraken. You'd have Hulk. Kraken. Kraken? Yeah, you'd have a DC what did you say? Of Hulk. <laughs> you know, I, have... I see this going really poorly for you. I, there's never an instance where that that equation doesn't backfire on the people trying to manipulate the situation. All you've true. done is you've taken a a villain and put a leash around him, and that leash is going to break, and you're just going to have a villain again. Oh, we got the Hulk. We don't know. I'm going to say Thor. Right? What is Thor? was not raised by Odin's son, or not even Odin's son, because let's just face it, he was one of the raised by his mother. Because Odin's son was busy doing other things. What if the roles were reversed? What if the Frost Giant found Thor, and Thor wasn't raised in all the privilege that he was and made him the spoiled brat that he is? Because let's face it, he's a spoiled brat. That's why he acts the way he does. Like and then he and he comes back, and he comes back to fight, he's, he's cold-hearted. Like, he doesn't have that cheery, light-hearted side, you know, that that optimistic, you know, side that he has with the, all the privilege that he has. One like, issue, Rich. One huh? issue. What's the one issue? issue. What's he's the got issue? no hammer. He's got no hammer. Thor right. isn't the god of hammers. He's the god of lightning. There's a whole movie where he needed a hammer. And look, if, if you actually go through mm. Thor's, Thor's comic, Thor's source of power isn't his hammer. His hammer is just a weapon. Thor can still bring down the lightning. He can wield an axe. There's so many weapons that Thor has throughout the comic. That was what? even in the MCU. The Thor's power a god. Was within him. He don't need a Wait, weapon. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't yeah. need a weapon. 
<laughs> that one don't work if you don't have it. If you need, if you don't need a hand. That movie, that movie was about his father revoking because he's freaking Odin. He so Odin is the, still his father, correct? Well, maybe Odin passed it so down. Odin can still be like, died. "Oh, you try to fight me? No, hold up, I'm man! This take is the a, power great, out of you. What about this is a great choice. This is a it great is great. choice. Hey, he's a good villain. Doesn't mean he's we don't need long. a hammer. We don't need a hammer to be a villain. Right, but he's going to fight against his power source, and Odin's going to be like, no powers. Nah, maybe but, he kills but, his father. Uh, Loki killed Odin? Loki, yeah. and, but, of, and here's the thing. If Thor killed Odin because he's the successor to the throne, and this actually happens in the comics. And wouldn't he, all that power just come to, come to him? It like flows that? into Thor, and Thor himself becomes the All-Father. Good times, gentlemen. Too. Excellent curveball. Shall we get into the main topic? It's, it's time, time for the, for the main, main event. event. Yo, man, Disney Plus, I don't know what's happening over with the mouse, man, but they stay dropping brand new content. Like, we're getting everything from Star Wars to Marvel stuff. Like, every, like, when one ends, another begins. And we got Hawk freaking eye. Hawkeye, man. This thing opens up with Kate freaking Bishop. We go back in time, man. We see that she had a penthouse. When Avengers were fighting the freaking aliens for the very first time. Very cool. The penthouse gets, like, blown up. And she sees that Hawkeye was the one that wound up saving her from death. Her father does die in the calamity. So she grows up with her mom. She learns martial arts. She learns archery, like the best in the world at these things, because she saw what Hawkeye was able to do. She has no powers. She no longer wants to feel like she's powerless. So she learns those things. But she's also a kid, and she shoots an arrow at the bell to see if she can do it, and she winds up destroying the clock tower. Sorry, Marty McFly. The clock tower is destroyed. (laughs) Nobody's saving it. (laughs) Nobody's going back in time. So then she's like, you know, suspended, but she winds up going with her mother and her new boyfriend to this really, really rich people's party. And she winds up going downstairs to an auction where she sees like black market Avengers stuff being auctioned off, as well as a Ronin sword and a Ronin Ronin costume at that time. People break in. It's the tracksuit mafia. They break in and steal stuff. <laughs> she throws on the Ronin costume because she wants to help people, but also she doesn't want anyone to know she's down in the first place because she was spying on her mother's boyfriend. And he's a little shady. So basically, she's out there fighting, doing the vigilante thing. They see it. That Ronin costume has a history to it. So now they're after her. Hawkeye sees Ronin on the news. I got to get into it. Somebody has my suit. Someone has a target. He meets Kate. Hijinks ensue. He's like, stay here. I need to help you. We got to get that suit back. He tries to get that suit back. He winds up getting that suit back. But now they link Kate to the suit. So now he has to try to clear her name. And clearing her name, we're introduced to freaking Echo. Echo is running the uh, the tracksuit mafia. While Clint goes there to clear her name, gets captured on purpose to clear her name. What does she do? Falls through the skylight like a freaking rookie, like a sidekick. She gets kidnapped on some Robin stuff. They're both tied up to a little horse that that you can see me. I'm rocking right now. I'm rocking on that horse. They wind up breaking free. Awesome fight. Trick arrows, man. They're on the streets firing arrows. Clint is driving. He gets his hearing aid busted. He's wearing a hearing aid because guess what? Human beings fighting aliens in real life, you're not going to walk away the same way you walked in. So his earring gets busted. He kind of needs her 
They're working together really well. He actually admits to her, hey, you are one of the best archers in the world. It's too bad he couldn't hear her say you think so. He moves on. Now Clint gets on the phone with this kid. There's a ticking time clock here. Will he get back home for Christmas? It's looking less and less and less likely. Echoes wants revenge because guess what? Ronan killed her father. So this whole thing is coming together in such an amazing freaking way. And spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Hawkeye. (laughs) We will be reviewing the first three episodes only yes. in this in this cast we're talking the first three episodes of Hawkeye yes. heavy heavy spoiler alert spoiler. <laughs> by this time the fourth episode's out so hey what are you waiting for jump on it as rich would say what are you doing with your life what did you guys <laughs> think about it I kind of took time to watch this because I wasn't that excited about it and then I watched it and I was pleasantly surprised and I'm digging it I'm enjoying it and I'm gonna go and say this is better than Falcon the winter Soldier it infinitely is infinitely better. Yes. It's I'm just feeling better. it. And then usually when you have like a passing of the torch type story, you're like, eh. you know, Kate, won our hearts? Kate is like, she's about it. She earned, she earned the right to try and be somebody. And I'm with, I want to see where this goes. And that actress is so likable. Yes. She's instantly likable. Yeah. Even when and she's they not being likable. They, they picked the right way to segue her in to go back and actually use footage from the first Avenger movie where Hawk and we, we, I remember that moment in the movie where he sh- runs out of arrows and he got one left and he got to jump off the building and he shoots. Hawkeye only movie. has so many moments, right? So it's like, right. yeah. So it's like, was I remember that moment. moment. And, and so they took that moment we all saw in the movie. And if you haven't seen the Avengers movie and you're listening to our podcast, you are you a do? wonderfully interesting individual. I'm assuming you've probably seen the Avengers movie. And so there's that moment where he runs out of arrows, he's got one left, he jumps off the building, and he grapples away. And they show you that moment from this kid's perspective, this five-year-old, eight-year-old kid's perspective, as her house is getting ripped apart from when you know the Thanos minions are blown up Manhattan – and she's she's watching her imminent death happen as these creatures are burning towards her house. And Hawkeye takes out those creatures with his last arrow. And she's watching it from – and we're seeing the same events unfold from her point of view. So I was like just a sick way to segue us into her character. Now wow. I do have – I did have a big like red flag. The whole premise of this content unfolding is – Hawkeye sees on the news that his Ronin suit has appeared, right? So he's got to go find this person, beat the suit off of him, and take it back. My question is, how the F he lose the suit in the first place? So I think it was explained because they there was a lot of Avengers like memorabilia out there, and Tony sold Avengers the tower. So the tower is gone. So they, the, whoever did it, they may have ripped apart the tower, or he may have had it stashed somewhere. And but then, also, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, was it, wasn't like the plane that Spider-Man was on, like had a bunch of Avengers stuff on it, like and it was being transported when he was fighting um, Vulture, and that plane went down. Remember that mm. on the beach when Spider-Man was fighting Vulture? But, yeah. But this is different. This suit is different than my Avenger costume. This is his dark secret that almost nobody knew the truth of sans Natasha. So you're saying why would it be at Avengers headquarters? I'm saying if he were going to lose that suit, it's because he 
destroyed it himself. Yeah. So how yeah. how did he misplace this thing? His dark <clears throat> secret that he would have kept in a vault, not on the plane. Well, I think that vault. I think that vault would have been the Avengers Tower. But if the vault was in the Avengers Tower, then how are they confused as to who might have owned the thing? I mean, well, they don't know. Well, I'm sure there's stuff in Avengers Tower that they that is their stuff, but stuff they accumulated just through. It's like it's Batman. Like it's like Batman's Batman. cave. He, he has like a bunch of stuff that guys he fights and things he acquires. Okay, I mean, maybe. They, but they they're saying make... Tony Stark sold. I, I also find it hard to believe that Tony Stark would have sold, or Pepper, if she owned it at that point, sold the Avenger Tower and left all that for the. No, what I'm saying is no. In Spider-Man: Homecoming, the the plane that goes down that Spider-Man's fighting on, that plane was commuting the stuff from the tower. That plane went down. Mm. So perhaps in that wreckage, things got lost, and maybe it was. His suit and sword was part of what was in the cargo. I, we're, I mean, we're filling in stuff that. That's okay. That's what Marvel does. We did that with yeah. the series. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, I, as long as they don't make it super specific where there's a hole, it's just open and they can fill it in whenever they want. Can I be honest? Please. I was I was not looking forward to this content, <laughs> and when I turned on Disney. And I saw that they were hour-long episodes. I smacked my face. I went, oh, come on, man. Three hours? I was hoping they were going to be half-hour segments. And then, yo, they won me over. I'm about this content. Dude. I, I love the the humanity of it. I love the relationship of it. There's some cheesy stuff in it. And there are definitely some moments that are just so poorly written. It's like they're spoon-feeding information to the audience. Like there's zero faith that maybe no 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 flag on the not, play. you have you got a spoon feed when you're talking about content you don't got a spoon feed every 30 films okay it's all right like, fine maybe you fine, need to watch fine. avengers age right. of ultron recently okay all right but there's some real spoon feedy stuff yeah but um, yo, they want my, my point is they won me over and i have no idea zero idea whatsoever i couldn't make any sense of it why this guy who's an avenger would choose if you're in you're in New York City for the first time, or you're in New York City for the holidays with your family, and you choose to go see that musical, make zero sense. Zero zip. No, probably got comps. Yeah, it's probably for the kids. I would say it's for the kids. Comp. The kids want to go. Got comps. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, okay. I think he got comps because even when he was in a Chinese food restaurant, and you know. They was like, yo, the food's on. I was like, he wanted to pay for the food. Like, he wants to yeah, be right. normal. I mean, I mean, comps, like, I can see, like, the producer of the musical saying, if you're in town, like, this is a tribute to you. Please come. Please bring your family. Yeah. We want to play, pay you respects. Yeah. And, and he still might have paid for it anyway because he's that kind of guy. But I can, like, I don't think he stood in line. I think it's like, we we, we made this for you. He better not stand in line. If, if, they make a sh- if they make a Broadway musical about me, I'm going to be mad if I have to pay and stand in line. Are you bugging? Unless you're, trying to, unless you're trying to go under the radar, and he seemed to like to try to navigate under the radar. Yeah, and that's and that was kind of my problem with it. Like he he wants to be that spy that he was, where he can go and do the awesome stuff and still come back and be normal. Yeah, and that was my thing with the whole. Like, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you want you want to be a normal guy now. You want to have the family, live their life out. But bro, you are. You saved the world. Like, you helped save the world. Like, there's that life is gone. You kind of need to someone embrace but this little bit of stardom an- that you have. You saw the antithesis of that also, though. Like, when him and Kate were walking through Times Square 
and the kid said, hero, hero, can I take a photo? And you saw Hawkeye light up for a moment because he thought this kid recognized him and he was going to have this moment. Mm-hmm. But the kid wasn't looking at him. He was The kid was seeing some idiot yeah, cosplayers. And it's every, the the these characters. <laughs> no, it was the Hunger right. Games. He was like, that's yeah, not me. Hunger Hunger yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so you're like, um, you could see where, where, and that's where Kate started identifying that, you know what, he is a hero. And he's he's and this is this is his trope, you know, like there was a great when when the was it new 52 started rebooting the characters and they Mm -hmm. they got to Aquaman. Mm -hmm. They brought awareness to the fact that Aquaman was kind of lame. And so they let him be a bigger badass to and to show that, you know, no. Yeah, I talked to fish, but the shark's going to eat your freaking face off. And so what was nice was they let Miss Bishop identify that you're a lame character in contrast to these other people who are out shining you. But it could be just you're marketing yourself poorly because I know who you are because I saw it when I was a kid and you changed my life. And he's like his his plan was never to be those guys. Like that's what that's what I enjoyed about it because when you think about it. Tony went out of his way to make Iron Man flashy and he wanted yeah. to be in the public eye. Captain America was supposed to be a public figure before he decided to be a hero. And Hawkeye and Black Widow were the ones that's like, we were trained not to be seen. So this whole yes. Avengers saving the world thing is was not part of the plan. Right. Um, so I, I enjoyed watching them wrestle with being recognized, but also not being like, he wrestles with both. It's like, I don't yeah. want to be recognized and I'm recognized in the bathroom when I don't want to be. But then again, oh, I'm not recognized. So either. awkward. So awkward. Uh, first of all, don't stand next to me in the urinal if there's more. <laughs> I just need some space. Yo, man, um, it, there was like 20 urinals in there. I just need some space. She was like, what, one away? Yo, yeah. I, I was like Jack on this one. I was like, because I saw the trailer. I was in the, wait, wait, wait. I was in the urinal one time taking a leak. And Dan Aykroyd stood next to me. He come up to me when I was taking a leak. That busting makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. <laughs> you can't say anything. Yeah, that would be classic if you said busting make me feel good while you both had your dicks in your hands. Like, <laughs> it's like my favorite song. Um, yeah, I was like Jack on this one, man. I, I I saw the trailers and it just felt too Disney. It felt too Christmas story. It felt too wholesome for like a Ronin type story. But then two seconds into this bad boy, and I'm in, I'm I'm enjoying it. I really like it. I really like her. I like I like him. You yeah. know, I think this is I know this is big, but this is probably my favorite so far of all the Marvel series. WandaVision, it took too long for me to figure out what this wanted to be. Loki was cool, but it was kind of just set up. But I'm like, this is the perfect character you build a TV series around, like a regular guy in a really big world who just wants to get home for Christmas. Yeah. When he was on the phone with his son, it's yeah. like we haven't gotten that type of Mm-mm. heart yeah. stuff, even with like the uh, the Isaiah Bradley stuff in, 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 in Falcon. That was just a blip. That was just a blip. But it was also, it was proving a bigger point where here, the ticking time clock is getting home to his kids. Yeah. And you, you can't not root for that. 
Right. And and and, and it, they have another clock where can Kate survive long enough for her name to be cleared? And I just thought like it's it's just brilliant. And as the things that I thought were gonna feel hokey, it like warmed my heart. And I and I dug it. I dug the hearing aid. What I love what I love about all the Marvel series so far is they they're starting to show you the consequences of these battles. Yep. So in WandaVision, yeah. Monica Rambo, like her mother died while she was blipped away. You know, um, and then in Falcon Winter Soldier, you see like how the world sees them versus how he sees himself, how they're ready to, you know, how the world's affected by Captain America and a new Captain America and a black Captain America. And here, like we, 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 we looked at Man of Steel like, Zach, you were doing too much. And for the first time for me ever in the MCU, yes, New York was destroyed. And people died in those buildings. It wasn't just a cool shot of a camera going around these guys. Like New York got decimated and we get to see the casualty of it here. So I enjoyed it, man. I love like the Easter egg, like Echo is a character in the comic books. And I think she comes out of Daredevil's world and Hmm. she's Wilson Fisk's like stepdaughter. And we saw a guy in a suit when she was doing martial arts. That have puffy white hand that like said like touched her and I'm like that's kingpin, that's freaking kingpin. I hope so. I hope Dude. so. That kingpin character is one of my favorite villains in all of like comic book television. It's hands King- down my favorite. That's kingpin for sure. It might be D'Onofrio for sure. It may not be the kingpin in Netflix's Daredevil, and you know because we we have a really cool multiverse where we can have. J.K. Simmons played J. J. Jonah Jameson, but not be the same. But we might get the Narfield back, which means we might get freaking Daredevil back, even if it's a different version. Um, I dig it, man. I love the fact that Ronan killed her father. So she wants revenge. So like all these characters needing revenge or wanting to be heroes are validated. It's all just muddy because she's she's bad. But you killed her pops and, and she saw it. Well, she's just just they humanized that relationship so well. He was yeah. so good. You, and you didn't and realize he, he was part of the gang until yeah. right, right. Yeah. Until, yeah, <laughs> you saw him lying down. Yeah. And, and like, it also it, it really it was the first time in any of the Marvel content where he, you see that um th- these villains are people too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know like, what I mean? I mean like they're they're people with families and relationships and and so to have the hero and the Hawkeye, it's really good in the content where he goes out of his way to say, listen, I was never the hero. That was never my MO. I wasn't hired to be a hero. I'm not a role model for the people. And listen, kid, maybe you had an experience where you've got a certain idea of me, but don't meet your heroes because they're just not going to live up to whatever you've created. And I think that's a part of the problem when he like sees the musical and stuff. It's like, that's not me. Like, I'm not a hero. I'm not a brand. Like, if you knew, and I think a part of that is I should, I was the one that was supposed to die on that cliff, not right, Natasha. Yeah. So right. you're carrying that battling, too. Battling with that hard. Yeah. Well, and I think this like goes back, you know, we, we, we just debated uh, for, you know, 20 minutes about, you know, what villain would be a hero, what hero would be a villain. I mean, I think by Marvel showing us how these villains were developed, you can see the moment where, they went bad. How she had such potential. Echo had potential to be either a hero or to be a good person, but something happened, and that's it. It turned. It turned away. And Hawkeye, you see, Hawkeye, he was good, 
he things went bad after the snap. He turned into the Ronin, and you know, depending on who you're talking to, the Ronin may very well be a villain. Even though he was going after bad guys, I'm sure there's collateral damage where he is the villain, and it's a fine line. I think it draws that really, he really. Slaughtered really well. all them people, no due process, no nothing. He went in there and slaughtered thugs. It wasn't like you're all <laughs> like assassins. Hey, <laughs> no. Vigilante Haley, I think her name is. Yeah, um, Haley's nice. She's so good because she has such a natural humor, and it makes Jeremy Renner not have to be jokey. He can be the straight guy, and it mm, works. Yeah. He, he doesn't have to, like, whereas in Falcon Winter Soldier, I didn't buy how jokey Winter Soldier bantered. I didn't get by Winter Soldier's banter back to Falcon. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. Falcon's banter, but not Winter's. Here, Renner doesn't have to engage in that way. He's If anything, he's like, just please stop talking. Mm, yes, yeah. he turns off his hearing aid. <laughs> he said, oh, you were talking this whole time? Yeah. It's so good. And Yeah, it's like, um, it's like a child and adult kind of yeah, well, it is relationship. a relationship. It's yeah. a mentorship, you know, and that's what and she I, wants, not what he wants. But they've stumbled into this relationship. I'm actually really, I was surprised that I'm glad we're not watching a Ronin story, and even seeing that one scene where he was Ronin, I was like, yo, I'm, that that would have got old real quick for me. You know, because uh, they're not going to go as deep as Daredevil. They're not going to go that dark that long. Exactly. And they couldn't sustain it. And so that the way that this is the story isn't a Ronin story. No. We are literally watching a passing the torch story. This this probably going to be the new Hawkeye as the series continues to continue. And I'm actually I'm all well, about it. You know, it is because the, the first shot of this thing is her. Right. So they're showing you the hero we're following in. That's why I think I, I like this better than the rest of them, because this one, you know it knows exactly what it wants to be. From the beginning, they're like, this is a Kate Bishop story. Yeah. Co-starring Hawkeye. Or it just says Hawkeye. Who's Hawkeye? But, can I Who's pause Hawkeye? you for a second on that? They, but they, What they pitched us is what they delivered us. He-Man. I'm talking to you, Kevin Smith. <laughs> what, what they pitched us is what they delivered. So there's no anger. There's no like felt of misleading. There's no. We're not waiting for something to drop. We just all we're doing is letting the story develop. So, I mean, I feel like right. Rich. I feel like Kevin Smith is Chris's like Zack Snyder. I feel Absolutely. like there's certain people yeah. that are off limits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely, you can't yep. bring up I'm Clerks still, Three. I'm, angry. I'm salty. <laughs> uh, What's Wait, really gonna, cool? No, go ahead. I want to bring up real quick. I like because we were talking about how like they human, they kind of humanize like the villains. Mm-hmm. Like I like w- watching shows where they do that. Like um, I don't know if anyone watch watch uh, Modok on um on Hulu. I started we're talking to, about it, but I they 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 kind of did that a little bit where they're like you know these guys come in, they punch in for work. You know why they're doing their little villain, their villainous stuff. They're like talking about hey, so did you see the episode of this? Or you know how's the kids doing? You know. It's like, yo, these are actual people, too. They got things going yeah. on at their house, too. They just on the wrong side of being good. And to be honest, that's like one of the biggest criticisms of Marvel is that a lot of their TV shows. You might hear my son screaming in the background. I'm sorry if you guys hear that. A lot of the criticism of their TV Kidding, shows. That's and movies, life. That's nature. Life. You got a kid screaming in the background. That means he's alive. From my loins, Jack. <laughs> From my loins, <laughs> busting next <laughs> Yeah, let it out, kid. Let it out. Let it out. But um, one of the criticisms of Marvel is it always ends in some CGI fight with faceless, mindless, lifeless drones 
being butchered because it's easy to watch. Right. And like the fact that, yo, we watched the guy die who we knew for two seconds and was like, you were the bad guy? Right. Right. Like, why'd you kill him? Equity. A lot of emotional equity in a short period of time. Dude, so now Echo, no matter what happens, I don't want to see her go down. And in the comics, I think she winds up becoming kind of a vigilante. Well, and you identify why she's doing what she's doing. And and there's no way where Hawkeye's not wrong. Yeah. Like he's the villain of that story. Although we have a lot of like really funny, like mindless thugs, her right hand is like, slow down, man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Like, we don't. Well, do and she this. keeps warning. He keeps warning her of Kingpin. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. yo, yo. yo. Hawkeye makes that comment. Oh, she's not on top. No, there's always someone on top. She's not the one. Yeah. We get the feeling that that they may know each other more intimately, not intimately in a sexual sense, but more intimately than they lead on. Because going on, like, who was that? Yeah, Hawkeye and Hawkeye and Echo and Cassie, the 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 her her her, her interpreter. So he's like, that was Cassie. So I have a feeling that Hawkeye may have done something for them as opposed to against them at one uh-huh. point in time. Because they were almost – they were too familiar when they first were interrogating him, and they weren't as, you know, let me punch you, let me kick you, let me torture you. Well, they were having Hawk- a conversation. Well, Hawkeye's fame. You don't think it's because Hawkeye is a famous Avenger that they were talking to him like, you're yeah, Hawkeye. They don't – they – at the beginning of that interrogation, they do not think he's Ronan. No, and, think he's- and, and as far as all that's concerned, they don't think he's Ronan right now. You know, they, they think, think he's he Hawkeye, might the him. Avenger. He's Hawkeye, yeah, and, the Avenger. And, so it's and a he knows who Ronan is, or he yes. knows something. Um, yeah. Which would go back to like your, his stuff was in the Avengers Tower, so you right. know something. Um, the action's great, yo. Disney Plus. Is like messing it up for all television because That's, they're putting like freaking stunt movie stunts on a TV like budget. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, but it ain't a TV budget. <laughs> Whatever their budget is, it no, I can hear it. Got I, money. I love these shows, so this is no knock to these shows. I love them, but I can hear the CW saying, "Stop! Like, just stop! <laughs> what are we doing here? Yes. Like, stop!" <laughs> Like I no want to get back going. into the Flash because they got the they got a new uh, with the Armageddon. Um, they got the new crossover, yeah. Christ yeah, Armageddon. I want to get back into it. I'm like, yo, will I be disappointed now? Yep. <laughs> you have to go in, maybe not with the story, but you can't go in thinking you're getting Disney Plus, like because Disney oh. Plus, with the exception of Loki, are doing one and dones. They're not like we're gonna do this for the next ten seasons. So like CW is like we're gonna keep going. Till the wheels fall off. There's like, we'll put all the money in, you know, this. and The the cinematic universe has established these characters. And now those characters are iconic. And the fact that they're taking these things that are from the big screen, the silver screen, and they're bringing it to my home television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, it's already validated. It's different than watching CW. It's different than watching anything else. You, right. you yeah. have Tom Hiddleston's in it. It's right. Loki. And, and it's, it's so meta because the same way these characters are iconic coming to our small screen, these iconic characters are coming down and building up these new characters. So, like, But these gonna... iconic characters are iconic to the new characters. You're well, Hawkeye. It's like, 
it's like the Ghostbuster movie. Spoiler alert. I shouldn't. Yeah, I can't. All right. Anyways, oh, there's can. a right way to pass a torch. There's a right way to, to bring us the new Captain America. There's a right way to give us the Hawkeye replacement. Mm-hmm. This is the right way. In my opinion, they're that's doing my one it knock. Right. That's my one knock against Ghostbusters. My one knock is that they would be way more famous. I'm sorry. If you saved New York twice from a supernatural threat. Yeah. Ten-year-olds are aware of who the Ghostbusters are. <laughs> you know what so, I like about talking about content mid-season? Is they can do whatever they want and disappoint us <laughs> or make us happy. <laughs> we, can make, we can make bad predictions. Yeah. Oh, my uh, prediction okay. is this, baby. Wait, can I give you like – we should all give like really bad predictions first. Okay. And then like try to give good predictions. <laughs> I predict – my really bad prediction is this. Charlie Cox shows up as Daredevil. He links up with a Hawkeye. They fight D'Onofrio's kingpin in Hell's Kitchen. And then the bow is passed. And Echo becomes a villain slash hero for the new spinoff Daredevil series on Disney+. Plus. That is that's why <laughs> terrible what, prediction. What are you even watching? That that's, that that's your prediction? <laughs> that is my prediction of what's you're, going to happen. You're just, listen, you're Top talking that. about... Well, there's no need to because you're talking about a multiverse spinoff series that's never going to happen anyways. You would have to create a multiverse just to have the next three episodes make any sense to what you just said. It's going to end in two ways. This is it's a going to prediction end or a with, good prediction? This is my real prediction. Either making it to Christmas and Kate's going to show up and join them for family dinner because she's inducted and they've passed the torch. I hope or, not. She has a mother. Like not, your mother is, there, is her mother coming to Christmas oh, her dinner. mother's the villain of the story. Have you been watching the same thing I've been her watching? Her mother is not. Her mother's the villain of the story. Hello? She's more villain. Why do you think they were fighting when she was a kid, the husband and the wife? Because the husband peeped game to what she was really about and said, you need to change your way. And then he just died, so she didn't, didn't have to deal with it. I, I didn't interpret it like that. I thought that they were in money problems. He's like, I got to sell the penthouse. And she's yeah. like. He's like, you gotta so be responsible. Guy, so the boyfriend with the sword is a red herring trying to throw us off when she's really the big bad. She knows what he is. Jack, be, if she's, if of, she's the big bad, then I'm done with the show. Because like it's just too coincidental that the hero yeah. turns out her mother's bad. Yeah. That, listen, too... I wouldn't I would not even be surprised if she's the one stabbed the guy. That's two on the nose, man. Well, let's see. This is what I like about talking about series mid-season, because you're gonna make some predictions. She's the big bad. All right. The other thing is Hawkeye doesn't make it home for Christmas. And if Hawkeye doesn't make it home for Christmas, it's because he died. The okay, only thing die. that would be He's not him, dying on Disney Plus. He might. He might because that's how you pass the torch. The only torch to pass. And so if he dies, but retire. if he dies, it's because <laughs> him and Echo, him and Echo have a moment where he's probably won the, the ending battle. But has actually given the knowledge of the truth and gives her the opportunity to make the choice whether to uh, extract the revenge or give him, uh, you know, forgive him essentially, and she kills him. Jack, and that's why you can't make it home for Christmas. If this was on any other platform, I might rock with you. But this Disney Plus show about a guy trying to get home to his family and dog is not going to die by sword. To the villain of the entire series, don't think no. so, huh? On Netflix, oh, she, maybe. hey, hey, hey. she—the <laughs> villain. Echo is not the villain of the entire series. 
of this chapter of 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 so far. But yeah. I'll say that. But we know we do know what's going to happen, and we know that what's her face is showing up. Uh, Black Widow, new Black Widow showing up. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. That, that's a direct, well, that's, that's, a direct. In, that's in the news. That's not a spoiler. I haven't seen it, spoiler but we know. For me. We, I try oh, to avoid bad. this. Oh, you're doing a podcast. <laughs> you just ruined it for me. <laughs> my bad. Um, we know she shows up. Uh, so yeah, Chris, what's your predictions? Okay, my bad prediction is they, you know, they they work their way up to who's the big bad. Kate Bishop dies in battle. Hawkeye. <laughs> what are you watching, man? What content are you even talking about? Yeah, yeah, the, the whole passing of the torch content is the right. kill the thing that's going to help. Everything off. So then Hawkeye is like, oh, shoot, she's dead. Take me out. Take I, me I, out. I, I, oh, shoot, she's dead. Now all of a sudden he's like, then he then he comes out and then he's like, I'm really, then he's like, you know what? I need to be Hawkeye again. I need to be more than Hawkeye. I'm gonna be the Ronin, a combination of Ronin and Hawkeye. I'm like Hawk Ronin, and hey, I'm just. This is bad prediction. This is what you want to happen. This is a bad prediction, and he becomes Punisher with a bow and arrow, and just starts killing everyone. <laughs> That's my you bad prediction. This. this is what you want. This isn't you. Like, you would you would be happy if this happened, Chris. I wouldn't be upset. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know I like beyond Bowen. bad prediction. <laughs> you know how I love my mind. It's happening right now. Okay, but my real prediction. Chris, I think can you top that? Can you top that bad prediction? I, I mean, no, no. <laughs> no you wow! Just, just you just killed the girl off, like just like. like, like, like I got an instant migraine hearing that. You can't. You, yeah, you can't top that bad prediction if you kill off the star of the show. <laughs> well. Since we can't top that, my good prediction is the torch isn't passed. We, I think, I think with with these characters, we definitely get a season two because it's it's just grounded enough. It's just about the regular guys. We can get a season two, and then introduce Kate slowly into Avengers type problems when we bring on Baby Black Widow, or maybe the next season slash series will be them two. So I think here they'll take care of the Echo problem. Echo won't die. She'll go off to maybe Vigilante, maybe Redemption. Who knows? Big Bad will be established, hopefully as Kingpin or something hopefully. like Kingpin, so we can have the new Black Widow and the new Hawkeye. And as far as our Hawkeye goes, I'm not killing him. I don't even know if I want to retire him yet. I feel Batman like he... Beyond. Batman Beyond him. And have him in the, have him behind a computer screen called strategies. No, this is this is what I do. No, I'm I'm removing him from them because she needs to kind of be her own heart. That was my issue with Batman Beyond. It's like you're not really Batman because Bruce Wayne's just using you like a toy. You gotta you kind of have to be on your own for a second here. But I see like Hawkeye retires. He's with his family. Christmas passes. He's good, but they can always get that call from Nick Fury, and he gets that call, and he's ended there. And you know it can be the next whatever next installment that's gonna be. That's 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 kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. You know, in, in the uh, Old Man Logan series, you get an old Hawkeye in the series, yep. and he's one of the best characters in the book for me. And they're they're basically running and gunning for half half the graphic novel. Um, and what's interesting about that is he's blind. Hawkeye is blind in Old Man Logan, and he's borderline deaf in this so it's interesting to see how in both versions of the content um some real world consequences happen to the guy 
and yet yeah, he's yeah. still he's still the hero. He's no less Hawkeye when he's older um and seasoned than he is now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's mine. Rich, what's your prediction? I mean, I'm just gonna give you my prediction how the show is gonna end. Um maybe, maybe not they'll get a sequel, um, of season two. But it's gonna end with him getting back in time for Christmas. Maybe just at the nick of time. He's gonna get back in time. She's gonna be there to you know, spend Christmas with him. They're gonna create a whole bond, you know, pass the torch type of thing, blah, 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 blah. It's gonna be ridiculous stuff. The Christmas yeah, I don't, miracle. Yeah, Christmas miracle type of thing. I don't have a bad prediction, even though that could be a bad one too. No, it's good. And you know why it's good? You gotta consider the content. By the time episode six is dropping, it's Christmas, y'all. Right. She should oh. not go home with him for Christmas. I'm not he, listen, I'm not the creator. I'm just telling you about the time. He got them kids uh, that's been like, Daddy, where listen, are you? Miss movie night. At the end of this, she will be family. That's my prediction. Well, you yeah. sound like, nah, man, family first. <laughs> family. It's family. Fast and Furious Endgame. <laughs> you got a slug um, on your man. shoulder. You got a slug on your shoulder. I know now. Thank you. I'm really excited to see uh, the new Black Widow join. Yelena is her name, right? Yelena, yeah. the character's name. Um, because also as an actress, I, I, her and Haley are going to be so freaking interesting together. And that's where their dynamic, you can see those two characters cutting up all the time and it feels right. Can you imagine a sequel series where they are just fighting and cutting up and talking trash and making fun of each other and just that would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and it actually would fit this Disney mold content that they is what didn't work for Falcon Winter Soldier for me because those characters did not want to be forced into their mold. Yeah. These two dynamic character dynamics. Oh man, God, blessing oh, for man. them. It'd be so much fun. Oh, that needs to. Hey, Kevin Feige, you need to make that happen, man. We need a Hawkeye and Black Hawkeye and the Black Widow. Boom, them two on the thing. Make it happen. You can send a check to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk at gmail.com. We take all PayPal, Apple Pay, Debit, Visa, Mastercard, American Express, Discovery. We take it all. Do Do we got We got an email. Info at info at three brothers and a shot of milk dot com. Yeah. We got an email. We got a website. <laughs> yeah, we're big time. We're doing, we're, it, baby. we're doing it, guys. Man, any final thoughts? Um, I feel like they should make uh, if they, you know, they should make Kate Bishop the new, well, hopefully the new Black Widow. Uh, wow, not Black Widow. Hopefully, a new Hawkeye. You know, she she should be working for Shield, so that she can build that rapport with the new Black Widow. Like just like they did with the Spider Man series, that would be that would work. That would work. Well, where is Shield right now? Like what? Because Shield. Oh, that's right. It's not Shield anymore. It's something else now. Well, so Hydra, Hydra took over. Like we found out in um, uh, Winter Soldier, right? That Hydra has infected Shield. So Shield. I don't know what the TV series of Shield did. But Shield's not Shield anymore, and Fury's off planet. Yeah. So is there a <clears throat> what's Sword? Sword is what is is Sword. They, we saw that. Is that the one we saw in One Division? They are about that's like from uh, Monica. From 
Yeah, he's your. But yeah, I know I could see in the spite in the in the in the spite the most recent Spider-Man cartoon series, um, they you know Spider-Man is new. He came into Shield to get trained. That he's trying to balance actually being a hero and kind of learning how to be a hero at the same time. I would like to see Kate not have support, not have an arsenal that she can just grab, not have like an earbud in her ear. Like she kind of has to vigilante it. Like she's on her own because hmm. figure it out at least for a while. But At least figure the, the other thing about her being a vigilante, <clears throat> she's got hella money and resources. She's, she's already rich. She's, she's Arrow. She's Arrow. A female Arrow. That's what she is. I mean, technically, she doesn't. Because yeah, isn't that her mom's right. money? Like she was. Why her mom dies at the end of this? That's what happens. No. <laughs> yeah, her mom might die, but it's because she's the villain. I can see that. The, the mom would die because. Because the girl, I'm not about the girl, because the boyfriend killed her off to try to get, uh, yeah, I can see that. Something like that. Going they, that get, they get married. The they boyfriend's going to kill everyone except for Hawkeye, and Hawkeye's going to become Ronan Hawk. Kill everyone. Ooh. On Ronan that note, <laughs> on that freaking note, I think we covered Hawkeye <laughs> and Chris's obsession with Punisher <laughs> with the bow and arrow. Jack has one last thought. For anyone who's on the fence, as I was very much on the fence, um, it's it's actually really enjoyable content, so I would recommend watching it for what it's worth. Absolutely, agreed. You guys need a little heart in your Christmas season. Watch this show, Chris. Do we have some recommendations? Yes, we do. Before before I give my recommendations, I want to tell you guys. Last show, I made a reference to a movie, and once we post, once it goes live on uh, Instagram. You guys see it? We're gonna give the winner a prize. But my mm. my reference was it was a signed comic book. I said, "You see the smudge here?" It was signed Randy by Randy Jackson. Do you, you know what movie it was from? That wasn't Randy Jackson's signature. No, <laughs> it was from Step Brothers. When, when, when Will Farrell shows Dante Riley his samurai sword, he's like, "You see that smudge right there?" He's yeah. like, "I'm so embarrassed." I like told all my friends. That you have an autographed Randy Jackson copy of X. <laughs> I'm very embarrassed right now. I was like, you don't believe it. Randy Jackson signed my cousin's comic book. Why? I don't know. <laughs> well, when, you have, when you have something, you're not going to have Randy Jackson not sign anything. You have to have Randy Jackson sign something. Uh, right. That is great. All right. With that, I think it's time for some recommendations. Recommendations. So I, I think we can agree Hawkeye is kind of a supporting character when it comes to the Avengers. So I, I pulled some content that was uh, supporting characters that actually did pretty well, that they had their own series. So the first thing I had uh, is Swamp Thing which was on the DC network that is, was been, were absorbed by HBO Max, which was really cool. Never got picked up for another season, but it was, it was, really, it was pretty cool content. Um, the second one I had was Fear the Walking Dead. I got through the first two seasons. The first two seasons were strong, and then I kind of trailed off. But the first, the, at least the first season, watch it. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, three, Luke Cage. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mainstream title, but I really, really enjoyed it. And Luke Cage is kind of—he's not really a mainstream guy, but it just worked in Harlem, so I, I, I liked it a lot. And then the last one I have is kind of a, a obscure reference. You guys remember the Zeta Project? 
It was yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it was a spinoff from Batman Beyond. So he was he was he's he's an android who can who can do stuff. He runs into Batman Beyond. He realized at first they think he's a bad guy, then he's a good guy, and uh, and then he kind of goes off to try to like fight, go on a quest, and then he ends up picking up. He ends up getting his own series for two seasons. That I think it was on the WB for a little bit, and then kind of never went anywhere. But uh, yeah, those are those are my recommendations for like either, either sidekick or kind of background characters who got their own series. Nice. Um, which man. which you, you talking about the live action Swamp Thing? That was the TV live show. Live action Swamp Thing. Yeah, live action you know, Swamp our, Thing. Our buddy plays Swamp Thing. Andy Bean, big shout out to Andy Bean. He was the human that turns into Swamp Thing and. Guys, that show is actually dope, and it wasn't renewed because it wasn't good. It was just, at that point, way too expensive to keep going for where they were shooting what they needed to do. So it was, it was, it died because of technicalities, not because it wasn't great. And I right. really hope it gets a second life, because um, Andy's in it. And Andy's fantastic. So, guys. That's the show, man. I hope y'all had a wonderful time listening to us talk this geek stuff. We love it. It's our favorite time of week. Please check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We're three brothers and a shot of milk. We're dropping content all day, every day. Share this with your friends, man. Subscribe, download these episodes, and write a review because it helps a lot with the algorithm and stuff. We love doing this, and if you keep coming back, we'll keep talking this geek stuff. We'll be back. Same bad time, same bad channel. Peace. Ladies. I'd sure like to fist him. <laughs>